G'day guys, how we doing? Leon here from Body by Leon. Tonight we have amazing special guests. Now today we want to talk all things mental wellness, suicide awareness, and, and try to provide tips and tools to try to give to you guys and, and find a way, how can we break this stigma? How, how can we change society? How can we connect people? What can we do to make a difference? So before, I just want to introduce my, my special guest today. And these two people, they're amazing. They're lovely people and they have a heart of gold. And, and I'm just so excited to have them with me. First, we have Renee Michelle. Renee, thank you so much. Ah, oh, you're so welcome. Awesome to be here. Oh, pumped. thank you. Pumped. Oh, mate, I'm pumped too. How's the, how's the, uh, how's the beer going? Beer's great. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Very important. Nathan Taylor, mate, how are you? I am fantastic. Thank you, my mate, friend. Mate, your hair is always on point. Oh, mate, I'm, you know, I've, look at you. I've got to try and keep up, buddy. Hey, did you, actually, good looking rooster over there. <laughs> actually, I don't know if you noticed that, you know, we're at this, this event, Inspiring Minds on the weekend, and we're actually, um, there, there was a picture of you and me and one of the other speakers. That was pretty cool. And I don't know if you looked at it, and I'm looking at it going, Mate, we could pass for brothers almost. I know. I was, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Don't worry. I sort of think a brother from another mother, for sure. Maybe there's something that we don't know about. I don't know, mate. Who knows, mate? Who that knows? Milkman's been busy back in yeah, the 70s. Yeah, yes, mate. Yeah, yeah, I know. Tell me about it. Yeah. Well, well, actually, we'd be all mates. We're the same age, aren't we? Yeah, mate yeah 77 model. Yeah. What month are you? December. December. What are you? Oh, yeah, February. I've Feb, just, yes, just, just, just uh, yeah, yeah. There got you a, go. Got a few months on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ah, cool, cool. Yeah. Oh, gee, we could have this conversation all day, don't we? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Sorry, is Renee who? <laughs> <laughs> I'll just sit back with my beard, go boys. Oh, okay, no worries. Oh, thank, I'll you, thank, I'll you. Yeah, thank you, Renee. <laughs> I'm going well, to actually put it over to Renee straight off the bat, and let's just get straight into this. Renee, obviously, you know, we live on the beautiful Sunshine Coast, and unfortunately we live in, in, in a town that has the highest suicide rate in the country. So before we start, do you want to just get, give a, a minute or two rundown on, on your background? Because obviously you're, you're an intriguing person. You, you, you've got a history. You inspire so many people. You're everywhere. You're, you're, every, you're on podcasts. You have an incredible book. Uh, let's t- tell, tell the audience, tell, tell everyone who you are, what you do, because it's incredible. Yeah, sure. So my story began back when I was 10 years old and my mum developed a drinking problem. My father left the home and uh, unfortunately my mum uh, would bring men home that eventually ended up abusing me sexually and physically. So from a very young age that trauma crept into the home and unfortunately because we did grow up in small country towns, uh, there was no one to talk to. There was definitely no campaigns like there are today. Nobody was talking about it in the school curriculum, nobody was talking about it on TV and it was brushed under the carpet. So I actually didn't speak about my abuse until I was 26 and as we know from childhood trauma and any type of trauma, when you don't know or have those coping mechanisms, I went into many violent relationships, I developed drug and alcohol addictions, I self-harmed, and I did attempt to take my life several times, first time when I was 10. Wow. So it is something that I've had a lot of personal experience with. I've also lost many friends to suicide, working in frontline mental health for many, many years, over 17 years now. And um, it, it became this situation where the, as I started to heal and started to share parts of my story, I saw how powerful storytelling was to heal and bring hope to others. And it became quite um, healing for me to know that I could share my deepest, darkest tragedies and people were inspired by that and motivated and thought, well, if she can do it, I can do it. And that really did ignite a fire within me and... 
Um, now I'm a 24-hour transformational uh, recovery coach for high-performing females all over the world. I do that online via online programs. I do a lot of free training on Facebook and doing webinars. I've also uh, released my autobiography last year. Battle scars are beautiful from victim to victory and that's reached four out of seven continents now. So, yeah, the podcasts are coming in the woods, getting out there, Leon, but as you said at the beginning, we still have the highest suicide rate here on the coast. Mm. Um, as of this week, I've started putting um, event an event together here for women on the wow, coast. Wonderful. It's going to start off small, but there will be news coming about that soon that I'm going to release because, again, I think we all have a part to play and um, you guys can connect to the men and the youth and I'm targeting the women um, and nothing's segregated, we do this all together, but I think as, as each of us tries to hit particular niches, but we all come together side by side and say this is a broader issue, but we're all committed to making a difference, I think that's where the power is, that we're aligned and we're doing it as a team together. Yeah, that's fabulous. Thank you. That's awesome. That is so great. And I guess that's what the three of us here today is that, you know, we just met through, you know, we've all sort of got a, got a common past in some way and, and we've all pretty much got the same heart. And, and this is what we want to inspire to do, and we'll get a lot get on this a little bit later on, is that the power of connections and having connections and meeting like-minded people. And and I think that's part that we'll get to is going to be like the key moving forward. Nathan, mate, you, you want to you want to give us a couple of minute rundown on your background? Because you do amazing work in community. You're you're on social media every day, and that's where I first met yourself. And I've just gone, mate, this guy. I know you did you reached out to me around maybe six months ago when I was and I was in a point where I was here, there, and everywhere. I just couldn't catch your breath. And I, I know I, I replied, and I just said, "Look, I'll get back to you." And 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 heavens, the bat, we, we happened to meet up at the Alliance. I think it was when you, when you were doing a speaking gig there. And um, yeah, and then I, I can't get rid of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could go into so many jokes about yeah. that, but we'll leave that alone yeah. right now. So, but that's okay. Yeah. So yeah, no, it was. We um, had a few mutual friends, and and they sort of said, "Hey, you got to uh, connect with uh, my friend Leon." and and uh, so, yeah, we sort of reached out there and, and because we all live such busy lives, it took a little bit of time, but it was all happened right when it was meant to happen and, and it's uh, been incredible because we've kicked off a, a great friendship as a result of it um, with, a, with, a, with a, you know, an aligned passion for suicide prevention and, and serving people, which has been incredible. I guess so I'm very, you know, different to Michelle's, uh, Renee and Michelle's sort of background. I, um, I have... Growing up with my great by my grandparents, I'm very fortunate that I had a, a beautiful uh, upbringing. Um, but what I did do is is I made up stories about myself through um, basically through not having my parents around. Not my mum was around off and on, didn't have my dad around at all. And and just as a kid, you grow up and you want those your parents there. You want to have that family that you see all the other kids have, mm. and my cousins with my aunties and uncles, and and all that. And like I said, I was very fortunate because I was very loved and I can't complain about that. In fact, I'm extremely grateful. But growing up, I did grow up with learning um, that I wasn't – I said to myself that I wasn't worthy of love. What's wrong with me? Why don't my parents want to be with me? Because as a kid, you just want your dad around. You just want to spend time with your mother and, and that sort of thing. So as time went by, obviously as I grew older and then as a teenager, I spent sort of time with – more time living with my mother and still didn't have a, a relationship really with my father, just very sort of off and on. And he often went, got married, remarried and had another kids and, and so on and so on. And then I – I guess I sort of grew up, I don't know, my friends become my family, and which was amazing. And But I always wanted to have the family that I never had growing up, the family that I saw my cousins have, the family that I saw my friends grow up with. 
And I mean, no families are perfect, but for me as a kid, on the outside looking in, I'm thinking, oh, wow, that's, that's, that's all you want. So it led to ultimately I, I met a, a, a girl in my 20s and nothing, uh, you know, against her. It was just, it was a toxic relationship. There was, uh, we were you know, using drugs, we're doing silly things and we made some silly decisions. We decided we'll get engaged and we're going to get married. But uh, the fact is that we weren't good for each other and ultimately it left with where we did get married it quickly fell apart and she was you know sleeping with mates and and you know all that sort of thing so not only did I sort of lose my wife and and the the and some friends out of it but what ultimately what sort of broke me was the fact that I thought I'd lost the only chance of being uh having that family that I always wanted I thought that again, I wasn't good enough. I'm not worthy. I'm not this and that. And and you know, probably from the outside looking in, there's so many people go through this. But we're all sort of different. And and I mean, there's so many events and different things that uh, gone along the way that I that I had some really big, um, really big things that sort of triggered. You know, caused me to you know trigger me in those in those later times. And reality is that I just that got to a point where. I yeah, decided that I didn't want to go on no more and, and that was enough and I uh, decided to hang myself. So fortunately for me, and I thank God every day, that my stepfather was home at the time and it was in the middle of the night and, and he did come down and, and, and find me and cut me down. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be here. So I am very grateful. I think I'm here to, for a reason. But fast forward, that was, so that was back in 2006. Fast forward to... 2012 um, I was at work and I received a phone call from my mother-in-law crying uh, and upset she said Nathan this is where it gets hard so she said Nathan I've got to tell you something Zach who's um, her, um, her um, nephew's little boy he's only 12 years old and Zach had just taken his life so it's absolutely heartbreaking and, um, yeah, it's just, wow, I just rocked everybody's world. And she said, I need you to go home to Katisha and tell her I can't have Katisha be there by herself, my, my beautiful wife. So I had to sort of leave, leave work and, and drove home. I rung one of my good friends and, and I said, hey, can you come over and just grab, um, grab our, our daughter because our son was at school at that stage. He was in prep at the same school as, as Zach. And uh, she thought, she said, you know, this is a bit weird. And, and um, but anyway, and then I, I had to tell her the news. And uh, obviously, you know, she just broke down and um, it was absolutely horrific. And uh, so I just went into, I guess you'd say, um, take care of everybody mode. I sort of made sure everybody had drinks, food for the family, bought his dad, Zach's dad, you know, some, some new clothes and, and make sure everybody was all right. Because um, reality is, just dealing with it myself was just too too hard. Then, um, then we uh, it come to the time, you know, that we had his funeral, and uh, and that was just horrific. And um, you know, when we uh, see that beautiful little boy, twelve years old, in that coffin, it's something that you'll never ever get that image out of out of your mind. And um, yeah, it was just 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 horrible, but. I made a promise to him. I said, oh, mate, I'm, I'm going to make sure you're never forgotten and that's what I'm going to do. Um, so at the time I still hadn't realised my own stuff, hadn't dealt with anything. Like literally 
when I hung myself, the very next day I'd just, you know, a bit, bit of a strange day, a bit of an eerie day, and the day after that it's like it never happened. Mm-hmm. So then I, I really buried it and just kept going and until um, a few years later. And unfortunately in 2017 then um, another mate took his life and that was the really the big push that say from the universe and, and you know, to say, hey, you need to do something, Nathan, and, 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 and share your story and, and get things out because you have to um, make a difference in, in people's lives. And I started Zach's Community to, um, to, do, to do that for Zach. And just, and just hold up there. I want, I want to get back to you on that because I want to, I want to bring up after. I want to know, I want you to share also how, how did you move forward from that? One, how did you move forward from obviously going to take your life yourself? Then how do you move forward from... You know, from from losing your, your nephew, like it's just I can just tell it in your voice, and I'm sure the listeners as well have just been mesmerised by that story. So I just want to hold that because I want to put a bit aside, and I want you you to explain how how can you help people here, Nathan, listening today, that how can you make a difference into their lives to go okay when you're going through this tragedy, there is a way forward. You you can move forward, but this is what you need to do. I want I want you to hold there because I, I wanna I wanna just go over to Renee for a second and and Renee I, I read I again ten pages of your book last night and and put it this way I don't get through three paragraphs in a book but I actually chose parts of the book that I, w- I went through and go yeah this is intrigued and I and I got through sort of ten pages and and I'm going wow this is this is a very hard upbringing this is it's not ending how how, how do you come to be where you are today like obviously you, you know you've gone through adversity sort of every door you open and and how do you stand here today and be so positive and so upbeat and spend your time dedicating now to giving to others can you can you share because people what people want they want to know well if this lady is going through such the biggest hard time how is she still smiling how is she still holding herself together and it and it's fascinating and and please share please share share because you know what this is this can turn people's lives right this second yeah yeah look the truth is it wasn't overnight it did take a long time but first of all it took a belief that things could change and growing up like i said i'd i'd been sexually and physically abused since i was 10 so to be able to actually turn around and say where did that come from it was so deep within me, Leon. It's like every time something didn't go wrong, yes, it hurt and it was painful, but I was like, fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> I need to do this for me. And I cannot explain where the strength came from. I just knew that deep within me, I constantly said there has to be more to this. Now, obviously, it wasn't an easy road because, like I said, I did try to take my own life and very much like Nathan said before, it's all in your mindset. And I do a lot of mindset work with clients now because the battlefield is the mind, right? That's the muscle, that's the part that can, before you even get out of bed in the morning, before you even put your feet on the carpet, it can take out your entire day if you get that wrong thought in there. So what happened to me, the final attempt when I was 19 years old was a very serious attempt. I actually stopped breathing for 90 seconds in the back of an ambulance. And I had to be resuscitated and I woke up to getting my stomach pumped in hospital. And I can just remember being so furious that it had not worked because I didn't know how to do this thing called life. I remember remember reading (sighs) that part is that you'd actually woken up and you'd just gone like, I'm still here. Yeah, I was furious and it was fear-based. 
It was fear because I had never been shown how to do life. I had nobody to reach out to. And this is why I'm so emphatic about reaching out to people now because there is help. We're doing this podcast. I do podcasts every week. We've written books. We're, we're going to events, right? There's campaigns on TV. There's Lifeline. There is so much help out there. There are so many people like us, times a gazillion globally that want to help people but it's fear we sit there and we go but I'm not worthy or you know but what am I going to say just pick up the phone just say those first words and it will roll out and that's what I did I put my hand up and I said I have no idea how to do this please help me so the million dollar question is someone listening to this right now and they say well I just can't break my fear. It's just not that easy, Renee. How, how did you break your fear? You know, you know. Sometimes yep. you, you you just have to mm. you just have to face your fears. You just have to stand up, and you just got to walk in the fire. Sometimes you've got to do it afraid. Yeah. Every time I stand on a stage, I'm terrified, and I know you have the same experience, and I know that you get nervous too, right? We're all shitting ourselves. <laughs> and, and funny because a, a, a couple of girls come up to me after the event and they said, wow, Leon, I, I loved your talk on the weekend. It was amazing. And they said, look, we just got one question. Well, I had a million questions, but they said, we have one question before we go. Please, can you answer it? They say, you look so comfortable on stage. And I said, are you serious? They said, what do you mean? I said, well, what, whilst I, I know my story, I know what I'm saying, and I, and I actually believe in myself and what I'm delivering I said, but man, I, I didn't eat for six hours prior to this event. I literally sat at home. I, I want, all I want to do was get up and mow the lawn and eat some food and do a bit of work. And I sat there petrified just watching TV because I'm so nervous. So while you see me up there, I'm facing my fears as mm. well. And I'm doing it because I know the good value that's given to other people. So mm. if you, the, day you, the day you're not nervous, well, that's the day you stop caring about what you're doing. So nerves are, nerves are a great thing. They're just mm. uncomfortable. And that's another good point too is comparison. We have to stop comparing ourselves to others because that as well is fear-inducing and contracting, right? If I was to sit here and say, well, I can't speak on Leon's podcast because I'm not as cool as him and I haven't done as much as Nathan and it's a boys' club and I shouldn't do this. Again, it's all in the mind. It's the bullshit we tell ourselves. So when I shrunk back and had the mindset of I can't do this, I had actually never spoken to anyone. So I had no comparison. I had nothing to compare it to. So really, I always do fact versus fiction. Well, what tells you you can't do it? Have you tried and it's fallen apart? No. Nah. Have you tried? No. Nah. Well, get off your ass. Old school. Yeah. And I'm sorry, this is what it came down to for me. I had to boot myself up my own ass because nobody else was going to do it for me. And, and at the end of the day, that's why I'm here. And Renee, I think, you know, that it's, it's just solid advice because yeah, that's, that's real and it's straight to the point. And look, sometimes in 2020, you need to get straight to the point, you know what I mean? You can you can sugarcoat it and you can yeah. pat people on the back and you say, look, it's going to be okay. And and sometimes, you you know what, you, a little bit of tough love doesn't go astray. And I think that's what, for people to move forward and is it, I can be counselling too and I, I can be that hard counsellor. I am I am an action taker. I'm not a listener. I'm a listener as well. But there has to be some action at the end of the listening as well to make some move forward because generally I'm like the third line of defence. So there's an individual that comes to me, they've probably been through many, many people. And, and, I, and I guess if I'm going to be the last straw, I know I need to do something today. Some action needs to be taken. So sometimes if I've got to give the hard word, it's not fun. It's not exciting to do. But I know the tough love does actually work. If you can get that rapport from that individual, I think that's the biggest thing as well. You know, once you, if you can build that relationship and the fact that you two guys here today, uh, you know, people will just be drawn to you. 
So that that's why your effect on the community is so great. You've got to walk the walk. If you're yep. going to talk it, you've got to you've got to be doing it every day. And and all of us have. We've we've been through that. We've had to, you know, climb our way out of the shit <laughs> and, and do it personally. So and, and again and again and again and again. Correct. And it, but it just builds that resilience. So there, there is a you know there there is a very fortunate you know pot of gold at the end. Whereas you know that it's it's always the most people that are the people that have gone through the hardest lives, the hardest adversity, the hardest upbringings that can manage to grind it out and get out of that hole. You'll, you'll find as they later in life, they're probably going to be the most strongest and most resilient and use that to their advantage to be able to help other people, And which we, we, this help wasn't around, you know, back 20, 25 years ago when you were no. going through your hard times. So, But Nathan, I'll, again, I'm just, again, your story you just told there, I'm sure it's touched many people and my, my, any parent to lose a child, look, you know, we're all, we're all parents here and, you just can't fatter. Oh, I still don't get the story out of my head. And I, I tell many friends when I say I'm catching up with Nathan I, and I tell him your story, people, your story. And they, they don't know. No one knows how to reply. They're like, what do you say? Like, you know, I can lose a brother to suicide. And that, that's traumatic. But you know, we're talking a 12-year-old, you know, vulnerable kid that hasn't even started living yet, man. How, how do you be so strong and resilient today? Like, please share, man, because, hey, I want to learn from you today too. Uh, well, I mean, for myself, it was – I didn't – back then, I, I mean, I hadn't deal with myself and, 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 and everything that I had and all the stories I made about myself. And, and to be honest, with Zach, I, I did the same. I sort of just – I buried it because I didn't know. I didn't have the – didn't have the the knowledge. I didn't have the tools to be able to really deal with it. Um, I was upset and, and, and obviously grieving – and I just, like a lot of us do, we just bury things down and, and sort of get on with, with life, which was not the right way to, to do things. It's, it's not at all because it's like any wound. If you don't get it fixed, get it sorted, it just keeps festering away deep deep underneath. Just one thing, you, obviously what you said at when, you, when you were 26, when you, when you tried to hang yourself, did, did, did any of these suicidal thoughts come back to you when you were... When, the, when then you got the news about Zach, did you, or were you in a better frame of mind then? But did, did something trigger again? Did you get a trigger or anything like that? Because obviously people can go through, overcome some suicide attempt or overcome some adversity, and then there's a, then there's a trigger. Could be multiple years later, but takes them back. What, what did you get taken back to when you were twenty six and you tried to, you know, take your life then? No, I I uh, didn't actually get sort of triggered in, in that way. Yes, had some some depression and and had a lot of anxiety and, and that. And uh, but for myself, the it was more um, just the, the the pain of of not and the guilt more than anything is like why don't we see the signs? Why weren't we there for him? Why didn't? Why couldn't we made a difference? What could we have done differently? Why? 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 And that's where it, Lord, it sort of landed more with myself is the um, yeah the shame and the guilt of of not being there and not not knowing what he was going through, uh, and that's something that we can never change. You can never take back because as we all know, suicide is is permanent. There's the, there's no 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 second goes. Like I said, I didn't understand it myself. For my, uh, for me, I'm a you know beautifully like married to a beautiful, beautiful lady with three beautiful children, and and they are the reasons that sort of keep me going and, and keep me strong. And 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 I went into as I mentioned earlier that real take care of the family mode, take care, of, make sure my wife, my you know uh, Katisha, it's only an uncle and the cousins and 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 you know all that. I just wanted to um, make sure they were all right and. And that's what I sort of, I guess, I focus my energy on. 
then I, moving forward, it was just work, 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 and raising a family, it's career, I'm just go, 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 and, and, and I really didn't th- you know, think about anything because I just didn't have the understanding, I didn't have that emotional intelligence. Mm. And then what happened was something about turning 40 and stuff started just bubbling up, and that was like, what's all this going on? Why am I going through this? And I always have like these waves of, of through my life of, of depression and, and, and just real bad anxiety, and I always did my best just to hide it and act that everything's okay. But I was like, oh, really, there's got to be more to, to what I'm doing in this world. I need to do something. And, and I wrote down Zach's community. I remember that promise I made to him. And I, and I said, right, I'm going to do it. And I didn't know what. And I spoke to my wife about it. And she brought me a little book to, to you know, write some stuff down. And she said, you know, share your story. And I wrote, wrote it down in there. And but what am I going to do? And then I just didn't do anything with it and just kept going along. And then... I lost a real dear friend in 2017 to suicide here on the coast and um, it absolutely broke my heart because he was just like me, same age, like you and I, very similar in a lot of things, you know, dad, husband, couple of kids and it just broke my heart and I was just sobbing and sobbing and sobbing and sobbing and I really had, um, yeah, like a bit of a breakdown from that because what it did, it did trigger myself my own suicide attempt it triggered zach uh and the and the, and, and the loss of, of zach as well and i just yeah it was just literally just blew me away and i was right i'm gonna do something this is the universe giving me a kick up the ass and say nathan you need to do something and then that's when i started the, the start of the following year i started zach's community man that is it's just it's just so powerful it's so powerful and and again, R- Renee, obviously you, you spoke about how, how you move forward and, and obviously using a resilience, old school method, and sometimes you just basically had to walk in the fire and to make do and to move forward, and it's, it's obviously made your mind as strong as it is today. How, how, so how do you maintain that? So obviously, you, you know, you go to work, you're on podcasts, you've, you've written a book, you, you, you're living and you're breathing this topic, which can be can be a summer topic now, I think the three of us agree here. We're, we're very big on self care. We talk a lot about it. What, what do you do? How, how does Renee, how does Renee stay fully charged? Because let's be realistic. You know, where our, our batteries are going to get uncharged, and it's going to happen. And one, we need to be aware of it, yep. and 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 we can you can also maybe teach the the listeners how to be aware and the signs and symptoms of when you are getting a bit flat. What does Renee do today? So Renee has faith. I, f- I found Christ and I spent a lot of my time in church um, and that was a pinnacle moment when I was 26 years old. That's how I started my healing journey. I had my baby girl and that was a turning point in my life. Looking down at her brand new newborn face, I looked at her and I vowed that she would never have a life that mirrored mine. And from that moment, I would have walked across hot coals to make that a, tr- a true you know, promise to her. I walked into a local church and my life radically changed. That day I heard survivors sharing this story from the platform and my mind was blown. Um, So since then, faith is very, very important to me and I know that not everybody has a faith in Christ, that's fine, but many of us do have a faith or a belief in something bigger than ourselves, a higher purpose, whether it be universe or whatever it is for you. If it is a source of healthy, empowering strength, then by all means. Leon, for you, it's exercise. Exercise was really, really helpful for me as well journaling I used to roll my eyes at the thought of journaling and I'm a writer Mm, but journaling about my own stuff because I thought it was dear diary and it's not 
What it did enable me to do was see patterns of behaviour. It enabled me to identify triggers. It enabled me to see where my weaknesses were in coping mechanisms, and I mean negative coping mechanisms. So for me, I would get very... I, I became a people pleaser. I struggled with imposter syndrome. So I had very high-level jobs when I worked in welfare and every day I would go to work going, I'm a fake, I'm a fraud, I don't deserve to be here. I was on boards for million-dollar contracts in homelessness in Sydney and every day I doubted my worth. And again, that was when I took a step back and said, you're still not there yet, girl. You still need to work on this identity stuff. So I did. I started rebuilding my identity as a person of worth versus someone who didn't deserve to be here anymore because fact was... Of course I did because everybody in the world was telling me. So I had to get my brain online with everybody else and realise the truth in that. So self-care is huge, what, and whatever it is for you, but it has to come first. So really now it's very simple things. It's walks on the beach with my kids. It's reading my Bible and having a cup of coffee out in front in the morning earlier than the rest of the house has woken up so I can just have time for me. And I always refer to the aeroplane analogy, the oxygen mask, okay? We must take it in for ourselves or, you know, we're, we're less than for those that we love the most. And people say, but it's so selfish. It's actually selfish not to yeah. because you will always be giving less than out of yourself, you know? And, and we know it and we hear it every day, but we're our own worst enemy, we're so bad at taking it on. I, I know. <laughs> so it's great. It's a great. So the great point take home message there is that everyone's going to have their own method. And obviously you've described yours, Faith. You know, believe it or not, I, I, not, not many people know, but I obviously I'm pretty big on the church. I have uh, only for the last sort of 80 months, but I have seen the substantial changes in myself. I, I couldn't be any more relaxed, any more chilled. There's a part of me that has changed as well. But I say it, I use many methods, but I want to hear Nathan's. I want to hear Nathan. Nathan, you're, um, I always see you down at Moffat's Beach and you're doing your posts and your lives, et cetera, and stuff like that. So what, what grounds Nathan? What, what keeps Nathan charged every day considering, you know, you've, you've been, you've, you know, since you were 26 and obviously 20 even younger, you've, you've been through a lot. What keeps Nathan grounded today? And two questions I'll ask. How are you today? after everything you've been going through, like you had, how do you rate your anxiety levels? You, you mentioned earlier about a little bit of depression. How is all that? Do you want to, you want to share that? Yeah, thank you. I, well, it's, for myself, it's, it's a lot of things. I've always been in exercise, like yourself, always been sporty, always, you know. When you are you going to play soccer with us, mate? Oh, we've got to do it. I'm going <laughs> do the comeback and try not to tear a hamstring. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, so played sport all my life and that's really kept me going. Like exercise is the, my go-to first and foremost for mental health uh, to really help me get that, get that energy out. And it's just, you know, we talk, people talk about the endorphins and this and that and everything else. But for me, I just need to do it. And when I don't, I feel the effects. But it's, it's a lot of little things and it's all those little things that make up. And we talk about anxiety. So I had shocking anxiety from from a young age and, and depression. And, and like I said, that's, you know, that's a story for another time. But I, for myself, it's being present. And that's, it's something that's a, it's a great practice. Like you've got to practice, practice, practice. So give be, an example of being present. So being present, like being present right here, right now. I try, as much as I set goals for the future, I don't actually worry about what's 
how what's going to happen, how I'm going to get there in the future. I just set a goal and I work on what I want to achieve each day. So each day I just focus on that day that I'm, that I'm here because as soon as I start worrying about the, something in the future, the anxiety starts to creep in. If I'm worrying about the past, you know, some anxiety or, you know, I can get a bit of depression creep in. So I really, really focus on being present and especially in the moment. Like Renee mentioned about going for a walk with the kids, like being with the kids, going to the beach, doing some exercise, doing being here right now, just being present, not thinking about what's happening for dinner tonight, not thinking about what happened at work today, just being present in that moment. And it's such a powerful gift. I love mindfulness. That's another thing. Just if you get five minutes a day and it's a scan, I know when I do it every single day, I'm consistent and I do it first thing in the morning, try and get my morning routine right, then it really sets me up and I have a, such an incredible, incredible day. Eating clean. Life's about balance and absolutely, and I love a chocolate or ice cream. I do enjoy <laughs> yes, a beer. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, because Ray's my neighbour, so she knows what I'm like. <laughs> So we, uh, I do. I've got a got a sweet tooth, and um, but I know that I can't. It's not saying that you know I can smash it all the time, and so it's just eating clean, eating good whole foods because you know it's all about what your body needs, not what your body wants, and it just makes me feel so much better when I'm eating clean. I'm feeling clear in the head, and I've got more energy and everything else. So when I combine gratitude which is you always talk about and mm. we all agree with that that yep. is so yes. much Number power and gratitude and I do every day I think about what I'm what I'm grateful for and all the things I have in my life and just on that gratefulness as well like it's it's a word that's thrown around like I often say like mm. a tennis ball and it's a word that I don't think people truly understand the meaning of gratefulness because but to be actually truly grateful with something it comes from the heart it comes from mm. within you can't just say oh, I'm grateful for this whilst you're in a deep dark grieving period or depression or anything like that you just while you you, you can do both but it's very difficult like if i'm saying here i'm truly grateful for something that again that's got to come from within and it's a word that if you're going to use it you can say you're happy for you got this i'm proud i've got this and that but when you're truly grateful for something the way that you express it and say it is just different and and to understand and to truly be grateful it's a feeling that you know when you've got it because kind of everything around you is effortless you know things just flows everything's smooth when we're running around like crazy and we're stressed and we've got a lot, so much on our mind and life's hectic and crazy, the grateful word doesn't quite slip in there. It just doesn't work. When you're sitting back and life is just flowing and going nicely, that's when you know you're truly grateful. And to get that position, it's being grateful, it's a skill. It's a skill that you learn that you need to practice. And whether it's writing your gratitude journal, in which they say it's scientifically proven to you know, in, in, increase, increase your mindset by, I don't know what the stats, but it's always like 30% over the course of three to six months or thereabouts, which is quite substantial. So someone practicing that, it doesn't happen once or twice. Renee, you mentioned earlier about nothing changed overnight. These things can't be changed overnight, but it's got to be that the self-care, it has to be consistency, persistence. It has to be over time. You can't expect to you know, diet for two for two days and wonder why you haven't got the peak conditioning body that you want. You know, the mindset is just a muscle treated like the body. It's going to take time, but you have to practice these skills every single day. And all of a sudden, the brain, I always say the brain, 
it learns repetitions. That's what it does. And it, it, it can learn anything you train it. So if all of a sudden, if you're practicing self-care every single day over the course of three months, I can promise you, you're going to be way better forward in three months than you were when the point that you started. But you have to do it. And you can't go missing three days or skipping three days a week and then skip a week. It just doesn't work that way. So, But as this is proven that if someone was to actually consistently do it over time, the brain starts believing you. And, and, and reverse effect, if you start telling yourself that I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, I have no self-esteem, guess what? Your brain believes you. Your brain believes you. It's like, then all of a sudden, guess what? You are. That's what you become. Yeah, that's right. And the thing is, and that's because we look through life with, through filters. Mm. Everything we look through life, we have these stories that we make up about ourselves. Through our life experiences, we believe certain things. And the fact is that it's all just stories. And it's, it's the way, the context, the way you look at life and then look at uh, different situations. And, and reality is, you mentioned about being stressed out and all over the place and things going on left, right and centre. And that's where you come back to that power of being present. Because what happens is, is, is when I get in that situation, because everybody does, something happens, work and family and everything just, you've become so overwhelmed. And you've just got to know, recognise it, because you can have something that happen just and triggers you. And it happens to me. It, it, it's something that well, all of us go through at different times. And, and, and now, I'm, because of the time and effort that I put into myself through self-care, through education, and, and really going through to heal myself and understand about, about all this subject and everything else, when something does happen, when I am overwhelmed, when I do get triggered, I do stop. I do say, hey, change the context, change the filter, get present, think about all the things you can be grateful for because you do have so many things in your life that is great. And then what happens is then slowly and sometimes, you know, quick, you know, quicker and slower different things, but however, everything starts coming back around again. And I start my mindset gets back on track, the anxiety goes away. And, you know, that can happen literally with myself because I practice it all the time. It can be almost instant. If something's really, really stressing me out, yeah, sometimes it could take a little bit longer. It might take a day. And that's okay too to have a bit of a day that you're just feeling off and you're feeling down. There's nothing wrong with that. There's a perfect-minded person, you know, they're going to have the greatest mindset, fully charged, cup glass overflowing. You know, guess what? Still have bad days out of the blue. Sometimes, Real life. You, yeah. you, Yes, you just – and just embrace it. And, and go with it and sit in it and just yeah know, know that it's okay to be there mm. but know that it's not permanent know that, yeah, that things point. are going to change and, and and you know you're going to get back to feeling amazing and, and back on track in no time so just just process it allow the thing is emotions as they say is just all energy in motion mm. but allow to go through the motion acknowledge the motion feel it if you're sad be sad and, and, and complete it because if you, if you keep pushing all these emotions down, then what happens is you become to, numb to everything yeah. else, to the joy, to the happiness, to all the good stuff as well. So we've got to go through and we've got to feel emotion. We've got to express it. We've got to get it out, whether it's sadness, whether it's anger, whatever it is, but we've just got to do it in a healthy way that's not harming anybody because it all comes back, not harming yourself, but because it all comes back to that self-care. And that's part of self-care is feeling things and, and expressing them, like I said, in a healthy way yeah that's awesome there's i see a pattern within myself i don't know about you guys is that obviously when, when you're having these conversations and chats every day it doesn't matter how how resilient and how strong you are i'd say on my, my, my mind is super resilient but there's a pattern of every four to six weeks every four to six weeks all of a sudden i just wake up on the wrong side of the bed 
I literally wake up and you and you just go. For some reason, it seems to be a Sunday, and the reason I say a Sunday is because my mind knows you're slowing down today. Then it's probably had time. Everything's going to build up. So I, I I'm I'm self care. I'm doing all my stuff every single day. But there's still going to be a point of the time I'm going to wake up. And and when I say I wake up, I wake up in the darkest state possible. I'm just going, are you serious? How can how can I be like sky high, 100% every day? And now I am one out of 100. That's how I feel. And and what I do know because I'm in tune, I, I identify it straight away. And my protocol for that is don't change your routine, Leon. Get up and do exactly what you would do every other day because I know if I was to lie in bed all day or sit on the lounge, it's not going to make me feel any better and, and I, it may actually roll on to the next day. So I need to get up, I need to move, and for some reason it seems to be Sunday, which seems to be church day, which is not a bad thing. So you sometimes you don't even want to go anywhere, but I found out I've got to keep that exact same routine. If I'm training, I'm going to train it. If I'm surfing, if I'm surfing, if I have a coffee at first thing in the morning when I wake up, I'm going to have my coffee. If I'm going to work, every my routine just has to be exactly the same. I brush my teeth. Every, finally, if I keep that exact same routine, and th- this is the, the ABCDs for anyone going through any mental wellness, just starting, just start from the scratch. Just just get up and just, just make your bed, brush your teeth, have a shower, and go to work and keep everything Groundhog Day because what you can control is these simple things. You can't control how you're feeling. You can't control the environment. You can't control what's going to happen. So on those days when you are slightly off, focus on what you can control. That's why I'm still keeping my routine and looking after the ABCDs. Mm, And that's where you have to be careful too around. I do a lot of self-love work, you know. Again, that was probably the hardest part for me in this entire journey, I'll be really honest. The shame that I carried from 10 years old was that why I, I we all know about the fight, flight, freeze response. I always froze because I tried to speak up once. I tried to fight once and it hurt me more. So my brain in that moment would freeze and then every attack after that I would freeze. And then around men later in life, I would freeze. So the shame that I carried through my whole life was why didn't you run? Why didn't you fight? Why didn't you scream? And some people that I did try to confide in over the years that didn't understand trauma and what I had been through said the same thing. Well, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? So I learned very early onwards, not everybody is okay with this conversation. Not everybody can cope. And I had to learn how to share my story safely with people that I could trust, with people that were mature enough and well enough to cope with what I was carrying. People that were happy just to listen and not judge me. And that was a learning curve in itself. But being very aware, like you're saying, Leon, around feelings, we're going to have feelings. We have feelings when someone cuts us off on the highway, right? We've got every name under the sun. I'm shocking for that. And I'm, you know, I'm so patient in other areas. But We're human and we're going to go through things. The most important thing is I'm human, I'm going to feel things and you have to allow yourself to feel it. Exactly what you said, Nathan, and it's crazy because this week I have spoken on this particular topic time and time again because I was a chronic self-harmer and people are very confused about self-harm. They don't understand it. Now, for me, and again, it's very much like trauma, our journeys are different, the way we heal is different, the way we experience things is very different and unique, okay? For me, it was a way to cope with feelings I couldn't cope with. It was an outlet. It was a way for me to get the physical pain that I was having flashbacks about out of my physical body by cutting myself because all of a sudden that pain was transmitted to that part of my body. 
and it, it's a very illogical thing to even try to share with someone. But there might be someone listening that is a, that is self harming and is so ashamed that they're doing that because. Again, to logic, there is no logic behind that, right? There's no logic to being abused as a 10-year-old child. So don't try to make sense of it. Just understand that we're here to help. But also when you're having those dark feelings, avoidance is where the danger is. Burying those feelings and constantly trying to run away from them. You know, Brene Brown is amazing and she said, pain that is not transformed will be transmitted. And it is so goddamn true. You know, trauma sits in our nervous system, whether we like it or not. We carry it into everything that we do in life, okay? It will outwork its way if you continually run away from it. So workaholics, <laughs> there's something going on there. Yeah. People that cover it up with food or shopping or spending or, you know, it doesn't have to be self-harming behaviours. It's anything that's addictive that as soon as that feeling of yuck comes on, let's just keep it really simple. When I talk to kids, I go, you know, that feeling of just yuck and, oh, I don't like this straight away masking it with a negative coping mechanism of self-harming or drinking or chroming or running away or beating someone up and, you know, any type of avoidance behaviour is a red flag. Yeah, wow. So right. we have to see that stuff and go, right, I need to do something about this here. You probably explain that really well because when, when a lot of people think self-harm as well, they might think attention. You know what I mean? So I think what you explain then is a, is, is a complete different avenue and, and the true aspect of why people self-harm. So... That's awesome. Hey, I'm, I'm going to put you both on the spot here. And just, Nathan, you mentioned something before. Just regarding anxiety and not naturally, let's be realistic. And I've always thought that, you know, disconnection and anxiety is is leading to darker depression, which then leads to dark thoughts and sort of suicide. I, I believe it, also, it almost starts with the anxiety and people are starting to disconnect themselves. So they're, they're not communicating much. They're not hanging around friends. They're kind of isolated themselves on their own. What, what, what advice... Do you, can you give us our, our listeners today about how how can we face anxiety? What can we do when we're feeling anxious? And I'm not talking about going doing a talk on stage. I'm talking about just life. Let's say you have a, a let's well let's talk about a 12 year old kid that he's a, he doesn't want to go to school today. And you know obviously there could be various reasons. There could be bullying. You know I mean there could be teachers. He may not feel comfortable in maths class. He may be getting teased. Whatever it might be. What advice, Nathan, can you give anyone? Because anxiety, I'm just seeing, is everywhere. I guess, okay, for myself, I had anxiety as a kid um, for, for different reasons, and it was anxiety in a real physical way. It wasn't just a funny little feeling inside of me. Like, it, it resulted in dry reaching and vomiting and, and, you know, actual physical sickness. And the thing is... is it's okay to, to, to feel that way. It's, 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 it's a normal reaction to what's going on in, in your mind because there's something that's actually triggering that physical reaction and that physical feelings of anxiety. But what you have to be able to do is understand that it is okay. Don't be ashamed about it. Don't be embarrassed about it and reach out and talk to your parents. Okay, Reach out and get the help and support you need. Because no doubt that your parents have gone through anxiety, you know, at different stages in their, in their life as well. It's so, as you said, it's such a common thing. And find out what works for you to help you to move forward. But the reality is you have to be brave and you have to take action. Because sitting there feeling anxious, hiding yourself away is only compounding it and making it worse and worse and worse. And that's the thing is, you know, 
all of you kids out there that you know might be listening or, or parents that are listening you know make sure that your kids understand how incredible they are and that you know and all their uniqueness and there's there's only one of a kind of them because that's what you know that's that's how it is with all of us with our kids it's just we wouldn't change them for the world so it's just setting up those support mechanisms and teaching them the tools to identify that this is anxiety this is a normal thing that can happen and how am I going to deal with that in that moment? Is it something to sit out for a while? Is it something I can say, come on, let's go for a walk? Is it something I can, you know, whatever it is, go pat you play with your dog. There's, you know, there's those companion dogs for kids with anxiety and that sort of thing as well. But everybody's an individual, so find what works for you. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think what one thing, if you start looking at anxiety differently and start looking at anxiety as it's an amazing tool, your body is so advanced, your mind is so advanced, it's, it's actually warning you before you're about to go into an event. So what I've learned with an anxiety is, let's say, for example, I use the, a great example of, let's say the three of us are going into the bar and let's say I'm highly anxious because I'm just walking into a bar and I just don't want to see people. That what I advise people to do is that the longer you, that the, when you walk into that bar, the longer you sit back and don't communicate and analyse everything that's going around you, the worse you're going to be. What you need to do, like kind of like Renee said earlier on, is walk into the fire. You actually need to, when, when you walk in the bar, you, you want to be the first person to introduce you to someone or act to someone and actually start up a conversation or actually ask someone how they are. Let them speak. Then you just got to sit back and listen and, and then just ask a couple of people and then you, you're drumming up a conversation. And then within that, a couple of minutes, all of a sudden you relax and you're breaking that anxiety. But the longer someone walks into an environment, sits around and says nothing, which is what more than likely people are going to do, the anxiety actually builds and you're going to get worse and the feeling is going to be horrible. So it is something that you need, you need to act on straight away. But, it, but if you try to think of anxiety as an amazing tool that your body's giving you the heads up, you're about to go on a scenario that's going to make you feel uncomfortable. So be ready, be prepared and... Have a, have a game plan when you walk into the environment. Mm. And it, it's your body's way of working and your mind will always catastrophize. It will always make something bigger than it actually is. Mm. That's what we do when we're fear-based because fear is actually a really healthy tool as well, right? Absolutely. Fear can save our life. It's Again, it's that primal survival mechanism kicking in going, oh, something's going on here, alert, alert. Now, that can be great if you're crossing the road and there's a bus coming. That's you're like, thank you, fear, awesome. <laughs> Come back again, right? But when it causes us to shrink back because it creates doubt that is when we need to be aware of those differences and that is why journaling and all these self-care methods do make you very in tune to your own body so what works for leon may not work for renee may not work for nathan but the more you monitor those things and again don't run away actually assess them you actually become a master of your own domain and as a child abuse victim I was disempowered my entire life so I refused to give anyone or anything my power ever again so I did very much try to become a master of what I could control I can't resp- I can't control how you treat me but I can control how I respond I can control how I process it I can control how I think about it it's still going to hurt me it's still going to offend me I'm still going to go and have a big girl cry but I still get to choose that response and The more we empower one another to take control of our own space, implement boundaries, start saying no, no is a great word, start using it and, you know, just really understand at the end of the day, you are worth it. Yes, that's so so powerful and I think one thing that I've seen on a regular basis, let's say say in my line of games where I'm 
you know, working with athletes that are going on stage and doing, you know, bodybuilding shows, fitness shows, bikini shows. There's a pattern. In, generally in the off-season, most of the – I don't want to use specifically females, but I will use them probably because they're a little bit more in tune with their physique and obviously if they put a bit more weight on, they're going to be – you know, they're going to be more high and more isolated. And so let's say a female's in their off-season and they're pulling a little bit of weight on, they'll definitely be quite disconnect themselves and not so visible on social media. And then all of a sudden, once we get into contest mode and they're six weeks and eight weeks out from the show and they look absolutely incredible, watch this personality come from nowhere. <laughs> watch this self-esteem, the self-worth, the value. Mate, they're happy to put the most beautiful dress on and go out in public and not blink an eye. You not, not not even hesitate one little bit. Now draw back into their off season when they plus ten kilo. All of a sudden the dresses get put away and the and 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 the tracksuit pants come out. <laughs> and and there's a big change of image. So my point being, what I've seen is sometimes you, there's many things you can control. And even simply just looking after and valuing yourself, like you guys have probably both said that, and and doing your hair like. Nathan does sort of every day perfectly. It's so just, oh, it's just for so you nice, tonight, like, mate. It's just for like, you. Unbelievable. Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> Love the highlights. Love the highlights. Great, great. Oh, no, there you're great. Sorry, mate. There you're great. great. <laughs> yeah, it's like you, mate. We're there in the 40s. Can't yeah. Can't At least we've got some still up here. Yeah. So, but where, where I was going with that is that, you know, again, focusing on things you can control to overcome that anxiety. And that could be as simple as, I love to look after myself and keep my body looking nice and lean all year round and I've got no issues taking the shirt off and I, and I mean that in a very humble way for the sheer fact I'm comfortable with my skin. So if I had to go and for some reason walk down the beach and take my shirt off, I'm not bothered, but I'm not – my self-esteem, it's crazy how that can drive your ability to walk into society. So if, I, if I'm going to walk on stage and do a speaking gig like all of us do here now, if, if I'm – grossly overweight i'm not happy with my appearance and my hair's not combed like nathan's <laughs> it's exactly the same i just don't know where he's getting it's from. a bit to the right oh, okay. yeah, no, mine's fluffed today mate oh. I, was, I just got in i was in the pool before i come here so take, taking care in your appearance and 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 again because i'll talk about controlling everything you can control we can't control sometimes what's going to go around us and happen around us or, or how we're going to feel but the when you sort of feel great and you look great you're going to present yourself better and you're going to be more confident that will overcome anxiety itself. But a lot of the time people aren't feeling great within their skin. Does anyone agree there? Yeah, and it's owning, I hope it, so. it's owning <laughs> your uniqueness. And that's what I was saying before about comparison. Mm. Like people can hear something and then they take it to the extreme, right? So someone could have heard what you just said and went, oh, yes, but I am 40 kilos overweight. Therefore, I don't measure up. Therefore, and it just goes this Good big yeah. snowball, right? And it's like, well, that's definitely not me. I'm out. I don't listen to this now because he's not talking about me. Bullshit. Mm. You are talking about everybody. Everybody has their own measure of, you know, when I used to work in homelessness, I used to say to the guys, if you get out of bed in the morning and you pull your sheet up, 10 points to you. Mm. Because that measure of success for that person was all they could manage. If they could do that, that was a friggin' win that day, yeah. right? But for you, Leon, I ain't taking my shirt off when I walk down the beach, <laughs> I can tell you that right now. But I'm okay with that because I'm cool in my own skin. I measure my own success by my own standards and that's what we have to get good at. We have got to develop our own standards. So I know what my target is to achieve what I believe is being a good parent. I know what I have to achieve at work to be a good coach. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. So great we, point. So again, don't compare your success to mine or, or Leon's or, or Nathan's or anybody else's. It has to be your own and 
own that and be okay with that. It's so true, and I think a great point you mentioned there is that you, you, again, you, one, you look, you look at your environment, look at your, look at look at your field, look at where you're going, where are you going to go, and if if you can't get into a certain area, again, you need to evaluate where you are. Whereas in in, in my industry, there's a there's a there's a look that I want to get to that's going to make me perform optimally every single day and feel comfortable so my got so my go to is exactly what i'm saying there and you just gave the great example there you know what you got to do yeah. this is really being in, and being in tune with yourself and this is where we talk about the self care and being in tune with yourself and find out what you and it's a goal so it's, it's simply go you know what I, I have a goal and that that's to be in my peak condition i say because when i'm in that that peak condition physically mentally my performance work my clients are going to get the best results possible so that's yeah how I work, I work on myself so hard and I have for 25 years. It's a long, it's a long time. And, 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 and that's made me be who I am today. So if someone's not in a position where they need to be, mm. they look at, okay, where are you trying to get? What steps need to be done to get there? Yep. And sometimes you got to jump out outside that um, comfort zone, be uncomfortable to get to that position. So yep. it's that, owning your identity, right? That's it. Ex- exa- Own your identity. God, we could have said that, said them words and we would have saved 10 minutes there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Renee touched on a word that I just absolutely love and, and unique before. And the thing is, is that is exactly it. We are all unique. And I mentioned it earlier as well. And the f- and reality is we have to be in love with our authentic selves. And for some of us, and for a lot of us, we don't know who our authentic self actually is. And I've only just discovered my authentic self last year. Truly, truly, it was the first time that I said, yeah, I actually do love myself. I am a good person. I am valuable. I am worthy. You are, Nathan. Yeah, I am. (laughs) I am. I really am. I never believed it. I thought I was a useless, worthless piece of shit. And I just acted. I just acted and acted and acted and put on this big act. But deep down, I had all this stuff going on in this, inside of me. And that's everything how I looked through life. And that I really wasn't, like I said, wasn't worthy and, and this and that and so on and so on. But so for everybody out there that's, that's listening, know that just peel back the layers. Go look deep inside, into your heart, into your soul, who you really are. And know that you, as you're authentic, who you authentically really are, that person inside of you is valuable, is good enough, is more than enough, is worthy of love. And, and then once you really, 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 truly believe that, that you're okay in whatever skin you're in, no matter what you're doing, where you are and what situation, because you know what? You're more than enough. And that's the whole message I want to get out to people. Like Renee touched on before, we're all comparing. We're always doing this. We're always doing that. And this, we, there's this big social media thing of how everybody's life's supposed to look. And it's all rubbish because be the real you because your vibe attracts your tribe. Yeah. When you're being the real you, you're going to attract the right people into your life that are going to hold you to be your best self and support you just to continue your growth of being you. It's not about being somebody else. I love it. Well, let's say, you know, just to ask you the difficult question because there are going to be people sitting around listening going, but I don't love myself. I don't have any self-worth. I just can't say that to myself because I'm not feeling it. What can these individuals do to change that? You've just got to put in the work. It's practice, practice, practice. I and love that. Love and, it. and and go find what works for you. Like I did some some development programs, some some some, and that I was in an environment where I was out of my comfort zone, where I had severe anxiety, where I was perturbating, I was popping because I was like, holy shit! It, but I had breakthroughs. I was saying, you got to have a breakdown to have a breakthrough. And I remember the specific time in one of those programs where I went, wow. 
Yeah, well, I'm, and it's just I had a shift, and it's I've never been the the, the same since. Actually, I, lo- I love when you said that you were looking at me very stern and direct, and and the message was powerful. And and sometimes when you're looking at someone as well that's gone through a hard time, and you know you can go, you can sympathise or you can empathise. And, or, and you, or you can pat someone on the back and say it's going to be okay, or you can actually give them the whole hard truth, like we mentioned earlier, the tough love within reason. We don't want to offend or hurt anybody. Mm. But sometimes, sometimes you just got to be direct and go, you know what? Yeah, for the three of us to be where we're at today, it hasn't just happened because we've got older and mature. It's happened because we, we invest our time and what time we do have spare gets invested into ourselves, and over accumulation of time has had us all sitting here today in pretty good mindsets. One of the saving graces for me really was everybody said you had no role models growing up, Renee. Everybody in your life abused you or abandoned you. You were neglected. What the hell? Where did you even look? And I say it every time. I stopped looking at what I didn't have and I started looking at what I wanted to become. So I looked at role models. I read books. I had no physical people in my life, but there was people like, I know I'm going back a while now, I'm showing my age, Oprah Winfrey back then, you know. Now I look at a lot of Gary Vee stuff, you know. Whoever you see that aligns with, oh, my gosh, they're doing great things, they're humanitarians, they have big hearts, they speak eloquently, but they haven't always had a great life, study that person. Look at people in your life that make you feel good and go, shit, how did they, what is it about their behaviour that makes me feel good when they talk to me? And emulate that. And that's what I did. And that's when I always talk about rebuilding your identity. Become the person you want to be. Don't look at your past and go, shit, I'll never be able to do that because my life's been crap. Yeah, I get that and that's valid, absolutely. But you don't have to stay in the shit. Yeah. You get to choose who you want to become and start putting things into place. Study those people and little bit by little bit, you may not believe it now, but you will get there. Yeah, one of my go-to plans when I, when I lost my brother, naturally, you know, through suicide as well, and, and the fact that he called me that morning that he was going to take his life, and, yeah, again, I didn't actually believe him. But mo- moving forward, the main way that I actually had to move forward was, you know, you, you go through your grieving period, and, and, again, there's no timeline on that. But what I found that as time went on, what I had to do was, Obviously, most most people were focusing what's not here, and that's human nature. That's fine, but I also had two beautiful sisters and a mum and dad and a, and a wife that have been together for nearly twenty years, and I had a daughter at the time that would have only been would have only been seven. So my mind just kept shifting over there, and then when the days got dark and some days got harder, I just had to turn it around and just keep focusing on what I do have. And then looking beyond that again, while I still have my family, I still have my health and I still have my sport and, and my training and, and my surfing and I still have actually amazing friends around me. And, and then I went on to build a business and build what I do now. And so I, I just had to keep looking forward and now we're at fast forward eight years. It wasn't, wasn't easy. It wasn't an overnight success. It's just been grueling day by day just one step in front of the other sounds boring and cliche but the fact of reality is that there's no shortcuts and and i hop in my car and there's a photo of my my brother that sits under the radio it's been there from day one and you walk in my gym and the first thing i see is a photo of dean and when i walk out the other door the first thing i see is a photo of dean so the memory never goes i say hello to him every single morning so i'm not hiding i'm not hiding my emotions i'm not doing all that type of stuff i'm just keeping the memory there and and i and everything i do to this day i'm using him as motivation and everything i do that's where i get my inspiration from 
kind of like you know, I'm sure Nathan, you'd be the same with with Zach and Zach's community that you do amazing, amazing work in the community. You're, you're always out and about, and 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 the thing in our game too is that what we do, we do it for the sheer love. We don't talk, do it for the pat on the back, accolades. We don't need to get claps in the crowd. We do it for the sheer fact of the love of doing it. And what you guys don't know, and this is a thing that in our in our what we're doing, we're never going to know. But there is thousands of people are sitting back actually just listening, not saying a lot. They're not hitting the like button. They're not commenting on social media. So you might put something up there, and but you've probably reached hundreds and hundreds of more people. They're just watching in silence and just taking the advice on board. I've been to, obviously, when I go to bodybuilding shows, I might not see all, all, all my friends in the industry for six months because of the seasons. And the minute I see them, they, the first thing they do is they come up and they just go, wow, man, like that's – what you do is amazing. A lot of the people, a lot of people, I don't even know. I don't even know they're on my social media. You know what I mean? But they're watching from the from behind. So, so some days what we, we're doing all this, and you know, it's taxing and takes our toll. But all I can rec- just commend to you guys is just, you know what? Just ne- never give, never stop up because you know what? There's people, and I'm telling you, you're saving lives every single day. You just don't know it, and nor do we need the pats on the back, like mm. I said. But the impact that you have, and and we want to again connect to more people and and there's obviously Kerry Atherton a great friend of us all that again runs stories for hope that also just is, a, is another person on that's very like-minded like us and just the more people that we can connect to and the more people that can get their message out in the community it's just gonna it's just gonna help everyone yep absolutely so just to wrap it up I just want one thing from each of you guys just, just one thing just give me 60 seconds, Nathan, if you, there's, there's a listener sitting there now with depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, what, what, what advice can we give to that individual now? So firstly, just hang, you know, stick with it, don't give up because reality is that suicide is a permanent solution you know, to, to ultimately is a temporary problem. It's something that it, it's not going to last forever. And I use the analogy of, you know, when you're training hard, you know, you love training and something's hurting, you're going for a run and you just want to stop, but you just push through anyway because it does, it's not going to last forever. It's going to get to it, you're going to get to the finish line. And once you, and it's the same with this, it's just hang in there and know that you're not alone because when you're in those times of those darkness, when you cannot see, there's not a light at the end of the tunnel, there's no light at all. You literally think that you're all alone that nobody understands and that you're in so much pain and all you've got is storms just around your head, just know that you can get through it. You can. Just dig deep. Just just find something inside, something, some little bit of a spark inside your stomach and just turn that, that into a fire into, into your belly and just put your hand up and ask for help. You know, And it's the hardest thing, but a big thing is there's nothing wrong with being vulnerable. Here in Australia, the, cultural, the culture has been, you know, she'll be right, mate, get on with it, you'll be right, don't be weak, harden up and all this. It's rubbish. There is so much strength in vulnerability and that's what I want people to know. I know that it's okay to feel like shit. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be hurting. But there's people there that love you and want to support you. And you know what? You are worthy of getting that help. You are worthy of that love, and you are worthy of that support. 
So please, if you're going through a hard time, don't think you've got to do it alone. Don't think you're, you're being weak. Don't think you're being a sook or any of that stupid bullshit that people go through their mind. Don't think that people will be better off without you because reality is nobody is better off without you. So put your hand up and, and people are there to support you. No one's there to judge you because we've all got so much fear of being judged. What will people think of me if they know that I'm going through a hard time? What will people think of me if they, they know that I'm sad, if I'm suicidal or I'm depressed? Don't worry about what anybody will think. And if somebody wants to judge you, well, then tell them to piss off and, and go find somebody else because they're not the right people to be around you. So reach out and just know if I can leave anything, there's so much strength in being vulnerable and know that it's okay. That's amazing. Again, that's just straight from the heart, mate. Just straight. Brilliant. Love it. Love it, man. Yeah, how, how are you going to beat that one, Renee? I know. I was just thinking, well, that's a drop mic <laughs> yeah. moment right there. Yeah. Thanks, Nathan <laughs> Taylor. Get out of here, will you? Go get a beer, Wiles. Yeah, yeah. goodness. Who invited him? Yeah. Far out. No, but I just want to echo that because I always say, you know, usually the last line on most of the podcasts I do is that you are not alone because I suffered in silence and there is just no need to do that now. There is, you know, listening to this podcast, pick up any book, pick up, put on any news channel and you're going to hear campaigns and people that are want to helping you. But people here right on the coast, like the three of us, we're just the tip of the iceberg. There's so many people around and... You know, so true. I, so stood, true. I stood at the ocean the other day and I was watching, you know, we'd had all that bad weather and the, the water was foul. It had turned from that beautiful crystal clear blue to brown and I stood there and I did a live and it was just a really quick one because I just wanted to show people, you know, the tide does turn, it always turns and the waters might be stormy and look like shit and you think, I don't want to get in there, it's crap. But any day now the tide turns and it's always darkest before the dawn and I reflect back and I think the times that I tried to take my own life the children I have now, sitting here with you guys, the, the coaching clients, the, the amazing women that I get to talk to, the amazing children that I get to talk to, my, my work in child protection, you know, I don't take any second of any day for granted. I will never do that. And I nearly snuffed all that out. So my, my biggest thing is, guys, you have no idea what's on the other side of that mountain. You have no idea what joy and beauty is waiting for you. Just keep going, reach out, make the phone call, pick it up. You can get help. We will help you. Things will get better. But you've got to freaking believe it. Yeah. And you've got to see that it is worth it. We're a prime example. You don't have to look far to see what is out there, you know. So just pick up the phone, reach out. We're here for you. Anybody will help you out. And I, like, and, and I just want to reiterate that what Renee said because realistically this is – all and a heart on the table here right now. The night I'd wanted, I decided I was going to take my life, and I'd thought about it. I'd practiced tying nooses. I'd taken a heap of tablets one night, and and had to be taken to the hospital and get my stomach, you know, like they put the charcoal in my stomach. And I wasn't necessarily trying to kill myself at that time. I just didn't care if I woke up. I was just going to get messed up. But the the night that I hung myself, it was it was I was in a moment of absolute pain. And I made a decision right then and there that I was doing it and I tied up that noose and I, and I, and I jumped. The, the best thing that ever happened is that I'm still here today, that I did get found, I did get cut down because I love my life. There's no possible way on earth you could have told me back in 2000 and, um, 2006 that I would be happily married with three beautiful children on the Sunshine Coast right here in a room with two people that I absolutely love and admire talking about something that I'm so passionate about. Mm. 
you know, and there's and Renee talked about the tides, and I think that one I talk about is is the sunrise and the sunsets. You know, when the sun goes down, there's darkness all around us. And like I mentioned earlier, there's sometimes there's not even a light at the end of the tunnel. You're surrounded by darkness. But just as sure as the sun is going to come up every single day, light will come back into your life again. I'm living proof. Renee is living proof that life gets better. Okay, this is not something where you you're just, you know, it's a, it's a story, it's a fairy tale. This is people, there's real life people that are just like everybody else out there. We're not special. We're nothing different. We're normal people that have a love for life, have a passion for life, have a, have a love for people. You know, and that's why we're here. We're so passionate about people and we want to use our experiences to bring some hope into other people's life. That you know what, if we can do it, anybody else out there can do it as well. You can get through the pain. You can heal from it, but you just got to do the work. And you can go on to create any life that you want to bring, have all the joy and happiness. And, and, and you know, we talk about anxiety and all these things. What happens is, is when you, and, you know, you're a massive advocate, when you go through these tough times, we become more resilient every time we face some adversity face a challenge we get stronger and stronger because of it and that's another thing about overcoming anxiety is because we do every time we challenge ourselves we're out of our comfort zone anxiety can come in and try and take over but we push through that anyway and we get stronger and our tolerance to anxiety gets higher and higher and higher and it's like everything when we're in those dark times just push through and you're going to get through it and sure another hard time is going to come in your life another challenge but you're going to be stronger and more and have be able to cope better to push through it again so never stop the fight just keep going out of respect to them two answers i'm not even gonna give my take because you, you guys just absolutely nailed it Sorry. i can't i can't even i can't i can't even add to that high five nathan yeah but what i guess all i will add to wrap it up is that you know i guess god bless that you guys are both here today and you did learn and you and you did take your own advice on you did push forward because if you weren't, even you didn't, well, you're not going to be able to give all these fantastic tools to everyone listening today because it's so – we need people with lived experience. We don't want people yeah. to have to go through these hard times. But at, at the same time, it's – you know, the experience is priceless. You can't study this. You can't go learn this. And I've, I've got suicidal notes from, from, from individuals too and they are just based on everything that we're, we're discussing today and they, they hurt to read every time I read them. They're just – they break my heart, but there's a common trait whereas everyone's feeling the way that all these feelings that you guys have sort of felt and, and maybe they just didn't quite speak up or think that they had the support, you know. And, and I guess the last thing I will say is that I think as a human being, we all have spoken so much about this self-care and one of the most important things on the planet, why I advise people to do it, because when your mind is in such a powerful state, you become more observant. Or you, you, you can you have the better observation about actually what is going on around you. You can see signs and symptoms of your friends, your families, your relatives, your kids that may be showing indications of of anxiety, depression, uh, potential suicidal thoughts. And I think if 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 a human being is if we all start looking after ourselves a little bit more, you know, we can break we can break this down by acting on it quicker and maybe sending that message to someone. And, and even if someone, look, how many times you send messages to an individual and the, and the friend doesn't reply and you get you get annoyed. Don't be annoyed. Keep chasing up, you know what I mean? Just I say turn up. Stop texting. Go to their front door and knock on the freaking door. Take a, <laughs> t- Everything today is about taking massive action, yep, really. It, it really is. is. There's action lives is on the line. Yep. So you go know, out there. Yeah, and I just thank God every day that I'm here. And, you know, I'm so blessed and, and grateful that – 
well, we're here together right now in this moment because you know I wouldn't want to be anywhere else because I know that we all share the same passion. I know that together we can make more of a difference. Yeah. And 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 the the more incredible people you mentioned, Kerry, as well. Before we just keep working with people, and the impact's going to get greater and greater and greater. And we're never going to stop. This is something that is our life's mission. It's God's purpose. It's it's yeah. what we're here to do. And and it's uh, just, like I said, just so grateful to uh, to be here. It's an honour. Thank you, Leon, and thank you, Renee. Watch oh, out, thank world, you, Nathan. Coming thank for you, you, Renee. Well, I I, I reckon this is probably part one of part twenty. I reckon <laughs> by the way that we're going. Part twenty, it, come on. I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it up now before everyone all of a sudden decides that you know what I mean. They're bored and they're over it. But um, guys, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. And um, you know, as, as much as you, we can talk about a, a subject that's hard for people to speak about. Have you seen the amount of heart and joy and passion that we've all sort of thrown into this topic? So it's something that I, I advise individuals, don't be scared, don't shy away from the conversation because just by having a conversation, there's been a lot of smiles and laughs. So even though it's a doom and gloom topic, you know what I mean? You can still have conversations of, of happiness and smiles. And I think that's an important point down the track that, you know what I mean? When you do speak up, you realise that, you know what I mean? Just a bit of a laugh and a smile from a mate and, you know what I mean? Could, all, could just make your day and, and it could just save your life. I'd just like to add just one last thing, mate, is as I talk about the five C's and it's just made me think of it. You know, and the first C is care. When people really, really know they care, like us yeah. three right here, right now, we care, we, we, can, we allow ourselves to be vulnerable and we can open up and have a real conversation like this. This is an incredible conversation and that's the second C. You know, so you've got care, you've got conversations. And when people are having real conversations, people know that you care, they're actively listening, not just listening to respond, but really listening. And what happens, you have a connection. And us three people got a beautiful, amazing connection. And then once you have a connection with, you know, some people, what happens is you form a little community. Community doesn't have to be hundreds or thousands of people. We're a little community, the three of us right here, a, a passionate suicide prevention community. And together as a community, we can make change. We can create real change. And that's the five C. So care, conversations, connection, community, change. It's so powerful. Nailed it. It's I was hoping he was only going to get a four out of five then. I'm on point tonight. The hands, you know, let's go, go, go. You're sharp, aren't you? It's a superpower. It is, isn't it? No, mate, bring this the topic up and look at his eyes. He's light up, you know what I mean? Because he's got stories to tell. So, yeah, thank you very much. Turn his mic off, will you? Yeah. I'm just keeps going. I love it. And I love it, guys. Th thanks again for your time, and uh, yeah, much respect to both you guys. Thanks, buddy. thanks. Cheers. Bye. Yeah.